Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe DeVerge. And I'm Chris Atfield. Gabe, we have um, a really shitty weekend to talk about, but we also <laughs> have a very exciting times to talk about with basketball coming up. I'm super excited for that. Um, first off, just how was your weekend? It was solid. Besides going to the football game, I, I enjoyed <laughs> myself thoroughly. I, um, it's it's uh, it's been nice here in Deville. It's been uh, it was like 72 degrees today. Um, <laughs> so uh, my 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 sinuses and my family sinuses are 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 dying because uh, it goes from cold nice. to warm absurdly quickly. Uh, how right. was your weekend? Um, everything was good. I found out I had potentially been exposed to COVID, but then I found out that I didn't have COVID. So that was okay. cool. Okay. That's I good. Did, I did enjoy that. Um, so that was a plus. I appreciate um, that. Other than that, um, Saturday night was fairly miserable because <laughs> for whatever reason, I would like for Louisville just to get blown out. Um, <laughs> if they're going to lose games, but instead you have a fourth and 10 and making these insane improbable, miraculous catches only to, to fail to get the ball. In, in a touchdown and you know at the goal line so yeah uh that sucked but <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about that a bit we're gonna talk about that side. we got we got plenty uh, to talk about today <laughs> i did have something totally unrelated that i wanted to get uh kind of your thoughts on before you know we, you know i love when you do this chris so what, hit me with this well we have college basketball season coming up so of course i am Going through all my like college basketball literature in the last few days because I'm just super amped for this season. Maybe it's because I'm tired of talking about a shitty football team. I think I so, but I think that, but I'm that helps. <laughs> super excited to watch college basketball. So I'm going through, you know, reading all the predictions, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, uh, Three Man Weave, all these sites that I frequent. And the common theme that I see among college basketball writers is that they are picking Gonzaga to go to the final four, picking Gonzaga to win it all. And I understand why Gonzaga has a great team. Obviously they have good talent, maybe the best player in the country. I would argue second best, but you know, Chet Hogram's going to be awesome to watch. I, I tend to think that it has come to this point with college basketball writers where they're going to continue to do this every season. So they can look in your face and say, hi, we were right this time. We finally <laughs> picked them to win and they finally did it. But then you have the flip side of people who are going to absolutely refuse to pick Gonzaga because they have been proven wrong and wrong again. <laughs> um, you know, you saw what happened to them against Baylor and, and things like that in the NCAA tournament and how they, I, you know, I don't think they choked, but they just got beat by a better team. You know, People have teams like this that they kind of get snake bitten by. For me, it was Purdue last year. I was really high on them, and they got beat in the first round, and then they kind of just decide not to pick them or not Mm -hmm. to get high on them or or, or whatever. But with Gonzaga, I I think college basketball writers have took it as a point of pride to continue to pick them um, so they kind of laugh in everybody's face. It's a long-winded way for me to ask you, I, I don't expect you to know all the X and O's of Gonzaga, but where do you kind of fall on the Zags in general as a team? Like, no, are I, they going to be able to, is this just one of those things where it's a matter of time or is there something wrong? As you know, you know, I, you know, I, I, I you, you are an analytics 
maven uh, uh a hawker of of the numbers and <laughs> I, I i try i try to to follow you in that line and and well, in, it's a in, in that me, desert man like in that because... desert as much as i can in the desert you know the beautiful deserts of analytic arrakis um and i i, I respect that I, but i'm a vibes guy first and the <laughs> vibes around the vibes around gonzaga are just they're just no good they're just no yeah. good and um I, I was with you. I listen last year. I was the number one defender of Gonzaga vibes wise. Uh, Jalen Suggs had the vibes like unlike, and I, I just absolutely adore Jalen Suggs. Um, I believed in him so much. He was my favorite player in college basketball in years. And I absolutely loved it. I have, I before probably these past couple of seasons, I was a hundred percent on the, they're never going to win it. Don't talk to me. And I think I'm back. I got burned. I went all in on Suggs and Gonzaga. I believed in them. Um, I got burned and now I'm out. I'm out. I'm going to be, I'm going to be on the side of the train. It, when the train comes into the station and I had a chance to jump on, that's okay with me. I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Um, I do not believe in this Chet Holmgren, dude. I have said this to you many times, Chris. That man is too skinny to be great at college basketball, at, at professional basketball. He might be fine in the conference they're in, the, the whack or whatever. I can't wait to watch him. And I am just, I want to watch him a lot because I just, I've, I've seen the tape and I've seen it against other skinny high school kids. But this sure. dude, I could blow him over. Like I just I, like a stiff wind, like, and he might have to hold on to a flagpole. Like, it's just like, yeah. it's it, he, I, I'm very, I'm very skeptical of his long-term viability as a professional basketball player. Cause he looks, it's, he's the skinniest, like great basketball player I've ever seen. It's like the opposite of Zion. It's, it's funny little, because I almost feel because of their ineptitude. Gonzaga is running the risk of being hated. Like last year in the NCAA tournament, Drew Timmy, for whatever, kind of became a villain. Like people got to the point with him with like the mustache. Like I was going to say the stash, the stash really hurt. The stash really hurt. Like people didn't like Drew Timmy by the end of the NCAA tournament. And like Gonzaga has never been in that role of where they are the villain. And I'm like sensing that there is a, you know, Maybe it's a 40 or 50 percentage of, of the college basketball viewers that that generally don't like Gonzaga and, and kind of want them not to succeed. And I think, you know, I it hasn't been talked about as much in the national media for some obvious reasons, I think. But the whole Mark Few DUI situation yes. is probably not going to help with that. For sure. You know, he's, he's going to miss one game. They play Dixie State tomorrow, which is Dixie State being an actual college. It's just awesome. <laughs> I, I love that so much. I'm pretty sure it's in Texas. I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, he's going to be suspended that one game. He's going to be back and they're kind of going to do their thing. They play Texas early in the season. They play some big games. But, you know, it's it's funny. It's a battle with me with the analytics, because, like I said, last year, I was all in on Purdue. Right. Had them going to the final four. They lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament. <laughs> this year, I think Purdue's going to be good. And I'm trying to approach it with an open mind, but I'm like, God damn, you burnt me last year. I see you, Matt Painter, and I cannot do this again. I'm not going to be in that situation where I'm watching 
whoever they were playing, Stephen F. Austin. I'm just like, please just win this game <laughs> so I don't look like a moron. Um, so yeah, it's funny, man. It's a funny conundrum. Um, I am truly interested to see Chet Holgram. I will not have Gonzaga in the final four this year. Um, but you know, it's going to be a fun season, but I, I, you know, I do think that there's a very, it kind of happened with Virginia a little bit, but I think it's even stronger with Gonzaga where there is a subset of college basketball writers that are going to continually pick them to win the NCAA tournament until they do it. So they can say they were right because they are that committed to Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's, it's funny to me because I don't think they're good. They're really good. Right. But I don't think they're the number one team in the country, even based upon the talent on the floor. I mean, Texas and Kansas picked up just transfers from everywhere in America and have a whole lot of talent. And Gonzaga kind of largely stayed the same and lost Jalen Suggs and got Chet Holder. So, you know, it's funny to me. And that's really all the point that I wanted to make. No, it's absolutely funny. It's, it, it's definitely of like the, the college basketball literati, like, um, you know, definitely the top thing to talk about. Not even a question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll be interesting. I, I'm definitely looking another year of it. We'll, we'll that end, uh, you know, and the coach K, uh, the coach K will farewell to her. I feel like our, our two of like the three or four biggest storylines in college basketball. The Coach K farewell tour is going to ignore people, ignore annoy people more. Yes. because I think Duke's going to actually be good. So I mean, it's going to be hard <laughs> to deal with when they're actually good and they're winning games, and you're like, man, this would be you know bearable if they suck, but they're actually winning games. So <laughs> it's going to be fun. Um, but we can kind of turn it over to the other side because this has been a long intro. But no, no, I this is. I had to get that off. I, I, I like that we did this. This this is a good. This is a good. You know, on brand question so looking forward to everyone telling us that we're wrong or that we're right um you know whether they they like or, or hate gonzaga looking forward to it but yeah let's uh let's talk some louisville this is part two of the basketball preview we're going to talk about some football off the bat uh let's hit the intro coming to you from inside the waterson expressway it's the only podcast that misses cahoots this is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe DeVerge. Hey, we're back, Chris. As I mentioned, as you mentioned, uh, it, it was quite a weekend uh, for Louisville football fans. Um, you know, sat, said, show up. The fans said, show up. Mark Blank and Baker said, show up. And uh, the, the Cards fans showed up only to be let down yet again by this football team in the fourth quarter against Clemson um, in, in, in a stunning, a, just a, like a, a rocket ship, you know, careening to earth, uh, a 30 to 24 loss to Clemson at home. Um, I was there, Chris, I told you, I actually left after, they turned the ball over on fourth down. I just assumed Clemson was going to score there from that yard and they only kicked a field goal. So I watched the like last few plays at the very end um, from just inside the stadium, looking into like j- looking in the, uh, <laughs> at the big screen, um, which was yeah, fun. Um, what were your, what, you know, you, what was your reaction uh, from afar watching it um, experience it from the, from the beautiful uh, state of Maine? Uh, what, what was your reaction? 
<laughs> Man, every time you think that you aren't going to get any more invested, they find a way to pull you back in, right? <laughs> um, that's how I felt. You know, I went into that game hoping that Louisville would win because, you know, it was a mixed emotions actually because I wanted Louisville to win because it was such a significant recruiting weekend and I knew what right. it would do for the program. But right. we, we've talked about the back and forth of – any type of win like that's sustaining the career of Scott Satterfield and something that we don't feel like should be happening. Mm -hmm. And that's neither here nor there. That's what we've said. And that's what we think. But, you know, anyway, I was cheering for Louisville to win the game. And like, I, like I was telling you at the beginning, like, just give me a blowout, man. Yeah. Instead I I have Marshawn Ford, making these improbable catches. And then you get to the goal line and you can't get in. <laughs> and I'm just like, God, Lord, why? Um, you know, most of my opinion from that game and my biggest analysis isn't even what happened on the field. It's what happened after. And, uh, you know, kind of the message that you get from the podium of, I'm not, I'm not even going to yell anymore. I don't want to yell anymore, but of being close. Yeah. And how you're still saying that, mm-hmm. you know, four losses into the season. I, I fear, mm-hmm. I, I talked about it to you today and, you know, it's with the blackout stuff and it's silly because in hindsight, it's not really that big of a deal, but I feel like there are a collection of things that are combining that are severely damaging the brand of global football of course. and that are putting back the standards that we have had as a fan base and are kind of just making these things acceptable. Um, and they're not acceptable to me. And that was, you know, I'm going a long way here. No, so no, it's, that, it, but it's it, weird because it's like this one hurt more, but it's just like this one hurt. It hurt more, but then it's also one of those like you can't kill me. I'm already it, dead inside type it, of thing. Because it's, it, it, it's Dabo, <laughs> though, man. Like that's what hurt. <sighs> It, it hurt. It hurt. Just the whole thing. The fans got there. The environment was fantastic. As I said, I was in there. The tailgating was was fun. People were all about it. Um, it was it was so it, 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 I, I didn't like believe, but like it just they were making the plays they needed to make and, and they they got the breaks they needed to get, you know, uh, DJ, you know, Yagalele. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say DJ moving forward. Yeah, that was a good <laughs> shot at it. Yeah, it was a good shot. I heard, I listened to yeah. it a lot over the last like 24 hours since, you know, anyway, <laughs> you know, he gets hurt. He's, you know, he's limping around and like Louisville, like it's almost like the defense got worse after he got hurt. It's like mm-hmm. they were playing pretty well. And then suddenly it's like, oh, this guy can limp around now. We're going to like not ignore him. And he just waltzes into the end zones for the go ahead touchdown. Um, Malik Cunningham, like I'm not going to say a, uh, like a negative thing about him. I, I think he was pretty, pretty spot on. Definitely improved over last week in, in, um, you know, was great. I think that the defense had, you know, was mostly good. You know, they lose Jack Fago, um, which is really tough. You know, right. Like, you know, the literally like the fourth best player in the team that lost like their four, their four best players, you know, they're not having, or, you know, four, four of their five, maybe best players on the defense. Um, but you're right. It's just like the, this, the, the part of it is like, where's the anger from Sat? you know, 
we're, it just um, feels like it feels like he comes to the podium and he's just like we're close you know we're we're close again we'll get there eventually and it's just i don't mean to make this about satterfield's job security because we do this every week but it's just you got to be mad at some point the fans are mad as hell like what's what's <laughs> the point in, in keeping doing this every week of this we know this the outcome clemson knew the plays they were at the five yard line they knew what was going to happen and and that's what we get we were close no you gotta say it's on me i we, they know what we're doing every damn time and yeah and it's like for me, he says it's close, and he says it's so nonchalant. Like it's that's 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 football, that's dude. Football, like man. It, it, it comes down to a few plays. You want to go look at a college football lines on a Saturday morning and see how many are a touchdown or less. Mm-hmm. Like it, it comes down to you making one more play than another. You know, you're also close to losing to Central Florida and having to win out to go to a bowl game. Exactly. You're also you're also close to that. So, yep. like, you know, I'm saving my big rant for when they lose at Syracuse, because I do think that is going to happen. I, think I mean, losing is, at home to Syracuse with Lamar coming. Yeah. So I'm, I'm preserving my in- energy for that moment. Um, and they, when, if that does happen, we can, we will have a, a Twitter space and we will both explode and it'll be great because it'll be like two o'clock in the day and we will have the entire day to mull over. It's going to be fantastic. Um, but it's, it, know, it's, it, yeah, it's, they are setting themselves up for that, aren't they, Chris? Like all of the stuff with Lamar, all the things. Like I just that game, man. I I I I feel really bad about it. I'm I as I said in previous pods, I'm going to I'm going to Cincinnati for uh, a U.S. soccer game the night before. I have to get up at like eight o'clock in the morning to come to this game. And I already said to the guys I'm going with, I was like, "Are we just gonna like get up early? Go, you know." hate ourselves all morning just so we can watch us lose with Lamar there. Like, is that really what we're about? Like, I'm just not looking forward to that in the slightest. There is the potential for that to be the most toxic atmosphere in some quiet time. Like imagine if they get down, I don't know, 21 to 10 Mm -hmm. or something like that. And you're just going into the third quarter and it's just like, they'll be booing they'll be booing they will there will be booze i'm i'm not i'm not like uncommitted to to leaving after (laughs) the lamar thing like just coming and seeing lamar and then leaving just because i know like it's just they're doing a halftime right which is smart on their part it's kind of funny but it's also smart um that they're (laughs) that they're doing it on halftime but you know syracuse isn't good but they're certainly not bad right like it's a game that Louisville has to, I mean, they can, it's a, it's a three, they're a three point favorite. So, I mean, it's a game they can certainly lose It's a game they have to show up for. Um, but Syracuse, they're either second or third in the ACC in rushing. Um, so they, yeah. I mean, they can, they could absolutely kill a clock and, you know, kind of dominate a team on team on the ground. And that <laughs> the recipe's there, man. Absolutely. That, you know, but but kind of back to this week, I don't know if we have any final thoughts. Like I'm just kind of at this point saving a lot of my thoughts until we get to the point uh, to have the full conversation that I feel like is inevitable. You know, if it, if they beat Syracuse this week, great. They'll beat Duke. Duke be sucks. Tough. And then they will beat Kentucky. And then it'll be a lashing of anger and a conversation that we'll have. But 
there's no point of me wasting energy on that conversation now. <laughs> like it's, it, it, it's yeah. going to happen in the near future. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, no question. As far as it relates to the game, I'm, I'm totally with you. I'm getting to the mic and you know, you're closer, closer. Nobody wants to hear that, man. Nobody wants to hear nobody, that. Nobody wants to hear that in year three of the program. Um, and you know, that's kind of what imperial, you know, Louisville's offensive line. That was the best. I think they have looked since they've been in the, they, they dominated they did. Clemson. And, and Clemson's, I mean, there's, there's five guys on that team that are going to start on, on Sundays. Like it's just more than that. I'm sure. Um, they, they, that's what almost makes they, like, they execute on, on the defensive line as well. They executed well, uh, they, they got great pressure, especially in the third quarter. Um, and that's what made the final sequence a little bit more frustrating for me is that, you know, you dominate them, but you kind of blow them up on the offensive line. And then you, you really just kind of abandon your identity right there. I felt yeah. like four plays, just, just run down their throats and see what you can do. And, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. they score. We're not talking about that, but to me, uh, you've established an identity, the entire game of, you know, we're beating your ass right. at the line of scrimmage. Right. Let's continue that. Yeah. So I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at. I don't know. No, you no, you're else? right. I think we'll, we, we do this every week and we'll do it next week. I'm sure. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll go there then. And then, um, I don't know. Well, we'll see. Let's, let's, let's talk about something more fun, right? Let's talk about <laughs> basketball right. season, Chris. It's here. Um, we, we, we have become the, the proverbial UK fans and uh, just, <laughs> we're absolutely ready for this season. I, I'm, I feel like I say this every year, but I don't know. There's just a, I'm just ready. I feel like something good could happen. Something really good can happen this, this basketball season. I'm just ready to get to it. I'm ready to be, I, I did not go to a game last season. It, it, it killed me. It pained me. I'm excited to get back in there. Um, hoping to make it out tomorrow night. Um, so, so we'll see, you know, but uh, we have, you know, we had sort of an analytical preview uh, two two episodes ago, if you if you haven't heard that, you can stop now. Go listen to that. Uh, this is more the traditional type preview. This is we're gonna do some superlatives. We're gonna do some questions. We're gonna do some stuff like that. Um, any any overarching thoughts, Chris? Before before we really dive into it. No man. Um, you know, my biggest question coming into this season was with the new style. If it didn't work, how quickly they would you know, kind of abandon it and, and be committed to it. Um, and those questions I feel like were kind of answered in the exhibition. Mm-hmm. I do. That sounds really silly, honestly, because they're exhibitions, but for whatever <laughs> reason, I do have belief in my heart that they are kind of committed to playing in this new style of basketball. Right. Right. Uh, and that was my biggest overarching theme. And we can kind of, you know, drive down here and get going um, with some of this stuff, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, a, I do want to say one thing. Actually, it came to my mind. Please, please. There, there is a place to say it is a bit refreshing to have a coach that is willing to change um, and, and do something like this because 80, 70% of college basketball coaches um, that are coaching in the ACC or that are coaching at a power five level, Right. Regardless of whether they think they need to change are probably not going to be humble or just not going to be 
I, I don't know that I would call Chris Mack humble. I think he has an ego just like any college basketball coach, yeah. but I, I don't think that there's going to be some that see the hindsight to know they need to change. Um, so, you know, for Chris Mack to be able to do that, I am, that makes me very happy um, because that says a lot about kind of where the future of the program is headed. Right. He is here to be able to kind of change as college basketball change means a lot. Um, so I just wanted to get that note out there um, to kick things off and we can kind of get going now. No, definitely. I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that, you know, I, I wish, I wish Scott Satterfield maybe listening and, uh, and change sort of his ways. Maybe he'll have to, um, after the season, but I completely agree. We've talked about several times that the, I, tons of respect for Chris Mack and, and, and revamping everything, bringing in, he's, he's putting himself in a position, the best position possible to succeed. I don't think we can go at the end of the season and say they didn't do enough to put themselves in this position to succeed. Um, you know, Absolutely. there may be other issues along the way, but he, he reloaded in the best way possible. I think the best way that was available to him. And, and I definitely, definitely, I think is one of the reasons why I'm so excited for the season. So yeah, Chris, it feels good. let's, let's, let's kick it off. As I said, you know, kind of a traditional kind of, uh, you know, basketball preview. Um, we'll, 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 we'll inject our fun and our style in this. Uh, but the first question I wanted to ask you is what, is the biggest storyline for you going into this season? Um, well, we have Ross and Maines up there. Um, and I, you know, I think that is the obvious kind of storyline there. Um, but the secondary one, I don't think really has been talked about enough, oddly enough, is the Chris Mack suspension. And it's not that people have talked about plenty. Oh, the Chris Mack suspension is bullshit. Um, you know, and we kind of fall into that place in the podcast. I think a lot of college basketball writers and a, a lot of fans fall in that place of the podcast, but I don't think enough has been said about how this team is going to react without Chris Matt coaching them. Um, you have some legitimately tough games. Once you get past the beginning of these kind of, you know, bum by games, get your feet wet. Uh, you go to the Bahamas you play a Mississippi state team that today I picked to go to the final four. Um, I don't have a whole lot of, you know, belief in that, but I do think Mississippi <laughs> state is very good. Yeah. Um, they get the, the big guy that transferred from North Carolina, Baycock, not Baycock. Um, who's the other kid, the big dude. Um, can't think of his name at the moment. I'm pulling but it they up. get I'm pulling him. <laughs> they have the Iverson kid. Um, I think they're a talented team. I just don't have very much confidence in Ben Howard. Um, they so got Garrison Brooks. Garrison Brooks. There you go. Um, so they get him. The Iverson kid's good. They're a good basketball team. Um, they're certainly a team that can beat Louisville, you know, in November. They win that game. They lose that game. They either play Richmond or Maryland. Both of those games are losable games for Louisville. Um, you know, you play a Furman team. People got mad at me when I said online that Louisville could potentially lose to Furman, but I, I don't think it's like the craziest thing in the world. Furman won like 17 games last year. They had a bad season, but before that they had won like three seasons in a row of 20 win seasons. Like they're a good basketball team. Historically, they've been a decent team. So that's not like a walk in the park for Louisville. It's right. a home game. Um, it, it's just one of those weird games, you know? So this isn't really, there's nothing more to say beyond this other than Chris Mack not being here has a tangible effect 
Now, how do we figure out how much of a tangible effect that is? I don't know, but I feel like that just saying that out loud hasn't been said enough. No, absolutely. And I think also the fact that he comes back just in time for, I think this is the, the, this, um, this Michigan state game will probably be the first big, you know, nationally televised game that there'll be, you know, that, that ACC big 10 challenge is always a, a big deal, always heavily promoted on ESPN. That's, that's going to be their first big game. And I think sort of, that's kind of, it's going to going to be interesting for him to just jump right into that. That's not something that Louisville um, does, you know, or, or, you know, I'm sure Chris Mack has a lot of experience with, with just hum, hum, jumping in, having probably one of your, you know, four or five most high profile games um, right away. And um, so that, that'll be super interesting. I think for him, it was interesting also to hear the, hear the squad talk, you know, Jared West talked today, um, you know, Monday to the press uh, to, you know, you know, what, what things have been going on and, and how the assistants have been stepping in. Um, and um, you know, so it's, it's, it would be very interesting to see. I'm, I'm very interested in just the dynamic of what they act like when they're around, like, that's I'm going to be watching that uh, pretty as, as closely as I can. What's the, um, you know, the body language, what's the, the, as, as Bill Simmons likes to call himself the body language doctor, you know, what's, what are the coaches wait, doing? Wait, body language wait, wise? wait, wait, Bill Simmons calls himself a body Bill language Simmons doctor? calls himself the body language doctor. Cause he sits so close to the, the court. He likes to look at everyone's body languages while they're at the, the, I, I, the on the bench. Gabe, it's, it's one of the dumber things he says. I agree. Gabe, I'll um, tell you what, man, I've, I've about <laughs> had enough of these Boston sports fans I'm, I'm about done with this shit like oh. i was very thankful that the red sox lost because i i couldn't do it anymore <laughs> i had to have a 25 minute discussion with somebody the other night about peyton pritchard and oh, i thought no. i was gonna blow my, blow my brains out like i was so angry but <laughs> you know, that's a whole other thing but it's all, I, one more thing to that if if the rumored ben simmons for jalen brown that's been apparently talked about trade happens the first Bill Simmons podcast is like, like broadcast that on like national television, like just put it live or whenever it drops, just put it on ESPN three. I, I just, I want to, he's going to, he's going to self-destruct. He's going to self, he would self-destruct if they traded anything like more than Marcus, Marcus Spark. <laughs> he would be absolutely I'll livid. I leave here in twelve. I leave here in twelve days, and I just need to be back back with my people. Like you know, <laughs> having normal basketball conversations because these are not normal Pritchard. people. Peyton these these are not normal people when it comes uh, to basketball. Oh, uh, uh, let, let me that, go ahead. Go ahead. No, if if you have something else, go ahead. Not not on the suspension front. No, I think I think we covered it. Did anything else? No, it's just like it's kind of weird how you know he's just like chilling yeah. not speaking with the team watching games taking notes i don't know posting, what posting nfts dog he's posting yeah. nfts What's, and then he's gonna then he's gonna come back and some of these players are gonna have established roles and he's gonna be like you know, know this this isn't like what you should be doing and that's like the whole psychology part is what worries me because i don't think michigan state's a very good basketball thing basketball team Mm-hmm. I think they're a fringe top 25 team. I kind of view them in a similar vein that I view Louisville, though I think Louisville's a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But like, but they're not like, you know, like a final four contender in my book. So that's a game that Louisville can absolutely go win. But 
you know, he has a first week of practice and he's telling all these dudes everything they're doing wrong. And I've been watching you for four weeks and I have all this pent up emotion about all these things <laughs> I want to tell you. And he, what if he just goes in on that Monday morning and just lays in like 37 things about how, hey, how he's been? Because like Chris Mack is a guy who like moles on stuff. You can kind of tell that like he is very online. Yes. He's very, he's very emotional. He's very competitive. All these things are, are true with him. So I do kind of worry about stuff like that. That's fair. I, I'll definitely be, I mean, I, I'm hoping there's going to be, you know, nothing but good news, obviously coming out, you know, the team playing together and, and, you know, Rouse McMahon just working the magic, but that's a great point. I did want to ask you, you mentioned, you mentioned him being online. What's like, what's, you know, not, neither of us is going to predict anything perfectly, but like two online Chris Max suspension related questions, a how specific or like how into posting about games is he going to be? And then B, give me like, what's the post, like Twitter tweet or Instagram? Like, what's the headline? Like, what's the one that's just going to make us just like absolutely like crack up or just like absolutely like cackle about and holler about, you know, in in the DM. I thought thought entirely too much about this. (laughs) And I think it's going to become like in more of the form of like likes like okay. I think someone's okay. gonna say say something about, you know, this dude played bad or this dude played good, and he's gonna like like that tweet, and it's just gonna blow up and it's gonna be really funny. Like that's what I think is gonna happen. I'm going to make it a point selfishly of during Chris Max's absences to post as much highlight videos as possible. <laughs> so maybe I can get that, you know, I can get that token Chris Mack like. I would love that. That would be big for the pod. Um, I, I'm hoping we can pull that Let's off. Because Over, over, under. Okay, so six games. So starting now until um, you have until <laughs> Wednesday, December the 1st, right? Yeah. How many over, under, Four and a half likes from Chris Mack. On on who? For on you. On you. Um, I bet that's that's way under. That's okay. Way under. Okay. I was thinking like uh, I was thinking three. Like I, I was thinking you could get three or four or five. I think I think I can get two. Okay. Okay. So I think that's a pretty decent amount. Look, like I, I think I could get two, and you know, if if we get that, that I think two. I think two is probably the favorite. Two is probably like. Two is probably like minus one ten, you know. Three is probably a, like plus one 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 twenty. That's a segment for the podcast for sure. I that's just uh, the Chris Mack like corner. That's uh, listen. Every episode from now on, Chris Mack like corner. Just while we're on this Chris Mack suspension watch, um, I I I think he's gonna post Chris. He posts about Cincinnati sports all the time. He's going to do something for sure. He's like, like I'm looking at his feed right now. He said, that's a catch 100% a a day ago. I I, actually might be from the Louisville game. Is it from the Louisville game? No, he's talking about the Louisville game. He's talking about the Marshall. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 1051. Um, He's going to like, you know, that's not like, he's not going to like come at the, you know, the great play or something like that. When like, you know, someone has a great oop or something, or just like huge, like a uh, boom, maybe like he says, boom, like, like the, the classic, re- you know, return, something like that. Like it, it's not going to be against refs. It's not going to be against the other team. It's going to be some positive, like what a play or something like that, that like something everyone gets in, uh, hyped about. He's a hundred percent 
going to do that. Just be aware of it. But like in the back of your mind, like I just want to tweet during Kentucky Duke tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Two great teams tonight. He's gonna like put that up there. Like, yeah, I want like uh, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I want. I want like the backhanded compliments of. I, I want other opinions. Like I, I, I want to see like Gonzaga play basketball and Chris Max tweeting at like eleven forty five p.m. and he's like. <laughs> this Chet Holgram dude is something else. Like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I just want these odd reactions. I, I'm um, looking forward to that. But it is, it is fascinating to think about what my guy is doing on his off time. Um, you know, we get, we can talk for 30 more minutes about it. We've already like going, like going to roosters. Like anyway, let's talk about Ross McManus. Let's let the, I, I, I just put that as my biggest storyline, Chris. I, and we've talked enough about Ross Mains and you mentioned it earlier a hundred percent, you know, uh, I, I'm just, I'm really interested to see what this offense looks like in, in, re, in lifetime. You know, we've seen these, these scrimmages, these exhibitions, um, but I'm just, I'm super excited to see what it looks like. And, and, um, I've, I mean, I've definitely not been this excited for like, Oh, this is like, like in basketball, you don't really talk about this, but I've not been this excited for a Louisville offense since 2013. Like I'm, I'm just excited to see what scoring points looks like for them. Um, and, and I cannot wait to see. So, so we, we've talked enough about that. I don't, you know, I don't want to belabor the point, but that's for me, the biggest storyline, um, is this revamped offense, Ross McBain's, what does it mean? what does Louisville get out of it? Uh, that's, that's, I definitely will be looking at that for sure. They kind of remind me watching them in the second exhibition. They kind of reminded me of Alabama and stretches last yeah. season. Yeah. Like I really, I, I, to me. Yeah. I don't know if they're that good. Um, but you know, kind of the way I, I like the whole thought process of, he talked to Bob Alvano about this. I'm pretty sure in a post game, I don't even know where, where I heard it, but it's just like, there's a constant conversation about you're not going to be a ball stopper on this team. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to continue because what happened last year is like, I love David Johnson, but at times he became a ball stopper. The ball would go to him and it would not move after that. Right. And that was a big issue for this team. And I, you know, I don't know. We've talked enough about this, but seeing the ball moving, seeing what we saw in the exhibition, we're going to have, we're going to go down plenty of avenues and plenty of alleys of where the season takes us. This, this offense is going to look shitty at times. It's going to do what it does. And we're going to talk about it, but you know, the energy is brought to the fan base has really been cool to watch for sure. So, yeah. I did want to know, you mentioned David Johnson. I saw, um, I follow this account called basketball feelings. Um, which I honestly don't know like the thing, but I think Haley O'Shaughnessy posted about it and I started following it. Um, but so maybe she partially runs the account maybe, but, uh, as it was a, it was a picture of David Johnson, uh, going in on some, on some ramen and, uh, with, with some of his dudes. Um, so that is he, was- is he playing for Toronto? Is he getting any clock? I don't know. I think so. Cause I'm trying this other guy. I don't know. My, my NBA, I only watch really the Knicks and some of the jazz. This guy, yeah, I, start watching, I start watching the NBA after like Christmas because the Lakers are not serious till after Christmas. So this guy, you yeah. Watanabe, I don't know. I don't know who he is. Uh, He's who posted it. Yeah. I don't know. So, but that's interesting. 
Anyway, um, thought it was funny. NBA, NBA and successful in the NBA would be kind of cool. It would be cool. It would be cool. A lot, a lot of reasons. Anyway, uh, next question, which you know, you you said at the beginning, you, you, your biggest question. So, I, so you, your biggest question has been answered about the offense. So, I know I want to know what the biggest question for you is going into this season. Um. Well, you know, you have both of these two up here, and I think these are the most obvious ones. Um, <laughs> star in this team is you know the big one i i feel comfortable it, it, it's a nice selling point to say you know you, you can't really shut any of us off because another person is just going to get 14 but i i always think in a basketball team particularly in college basketball you need to know who the go-to guy is mm-hmm. who's going to get the shot when you need the shot um and figuring out the answer to that question is going to be really interesting for right. this team because Samuel Samuel Williamson, um, super aggressive. Talked about elbow Sam, which is going to become a thing because my guys have my elbow dunking on people. And if he continues <laughs> to do that, this podcast is going to lose our collective fucking elbow mind. Sam, baby, all the um, way in. But he's not really like a jump shooter. Um, so, like, as far as like getting a shot to win a game, I'm not sure it's really going to be Sam. Um, you go down the list, maybe it's Jalen Withers. Um, it was initiating a lot of the offense and some of the exhibitions. Right. I hope that continues, right. but figuring out that guys, you know, it's a, it's a fairly big question because you do want to have, you know, option one and everyone on the team feels pretty comfortable knowing who option one is. And then option B option C everything from there. I think that's a decent question. I don't think you like in college basketball. Now, I don't think you have to have a clear cut star. Right. On that Baylor team, there were a lot of good players. I right. think Davion Mitchell was probably the star, but it wasn't like clear cut. There was plenty of good players. Um, but, you know, having having the guy who is the go-to score if you need a bucket is nice to know. Do, do, you, do you have any idea of who you think that person might be? I have an idea of who I think is probably the best case scenario for it to be. I think if L. Ellis can become that person, that 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 go-to gets the bucket guy, I think that's like that's Louisville potentially at its ceiling. I think you know if you're looking for an outside shooter, obviously you got either Noel Locke or Matt Cross. If one of them can kind of emerge and just be an automatic, you know, you know, set up a play, set up a play for for them to to you know a three at the you know either in the corner or you know. Um, I think that would could be. Yeah, low key, low key, like a, like Ellis would be an ideal candidate, but I think he could be kind of a sleeper candidate for that. He impressed me. I'm pulling so much off of these exhibition games, and I hate doing that because it's division two opponents. They're not very good teams, regardless. They're not Miles College, regardless of what Justin Rowland will have you have you think of a Miles <laughs> College team being really good at basketball. Had to get that out there. Um, you know, I, I hate doing that, but he is. He is a little bit better off the ball rather than being just like a set shooter than I expected. For sure. Um, For sure. He said he came here to be more than that. I kind of doubted that, but maybe I was wrong. Um, He's shown a little bit, so he could kind of be a sleeper candidate for that. Um, But I would agree with you, you know, if Ellis becomes that guy, my God, what changes? I think, I think like the prevailing theme for this team is that you feel pretty comfortable saying, they're an NCAA tournament team. Right. But then after that, it's like, there's a huge variance of where they could be. 
Like right. they could lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament. They could go crazy and go to the final four. I'm not predicting a final four. I haven't losing this week 16. Um, <laughs> but there's just like that big, like gap of what they could be. And, you know, that part of getting some of these questions answered is, is a part of that. What's, what's your uh, biggest question? No, I think I, I think what you mentioned probably my biggest one, but I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Ken Malik Williams stay healthy. Um, I, I think that's such a huge part for um, the trajectory of this team. It, it, it really relies on that. They need him to be a consistent presence. It sounds like he's the healthiest he's been since these injuries started. It, it really does sound that way, Chris. So, um, but uh, they need him, they need him to be, they need him to be a 21 minute guy. You know, I, I really do. I, I think the best version of this little basketball team is, is Malik Williams playing, you know, 17 to 21 minutes a game. And uh, doesn't it, doesn't it almost feel like we don't know how good he is. It does. It does feel that way. I, like, I, I, he, I sincerely he's been here for five years. And <laughs> you know, he's a really good defensive player. And when he was healthy last year, it felt like his offensive game was coming along. He's never going to be a guy that you're going to give the ball and say he'll get two points. But, you know, it felt like a guy who could get eight or ten points a game randomly. Yeah. But I don't know how good he is. And that could that could go both ways. Maybe we right. could be overvaluing him. Um, but him staying healthy is a huge subplot to this team because it's like, you know, if he doesn't stay healthy – and you're playing him these minutes, then you've kind of wasted the time when you could have been playing other people. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, you have, uh, this is going to fall back into whole JJ trade or something. <laughs> I don't know when I do that right now, but uh, so I'll flip it and say, Sidney Curry looked pretty good. The other night. I don't think he's going to be a contributor, but my man was moving up and down the floor. He right. Was decent. Right. So, so like, you know, that five spot's interesting. Um, I think, especially in some of these early games, the team they play on Tuesday, Southern, is legitimately one of the worst teams Wolves played in the last, <laughs> like, three years. I think, like, they're really, really bad at basketball. I don't know. I haven't been able to find that spread. Um, I don't know what it's going to be, but if it's anything less than 30, I would take Wolves. So, um, Keep that in they're, mind. They're, they're really bad. Um, so, in some of these games early on, I, I hope that there can be a, a lot of different guys getting minutes so you can kind of get that game experience. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm having trouble with this one because, you know, I, it's just like not one of those things where Malik stays healthy a whole season and, and he's really efficient. Does it take Louisville from a lead eight team to something else? Or does it take mm-hmm. Louisville from a sweet 16 team to something? I, I don't know. Like, what do you think that that means tangibly on the floor if he is healthy for an entire season? I don't quite think it's the sweet 16 is the second weekend team. It's like a final four team, but I do think it is the difference between. <clears throat> I think it's let's, the difference let's not, between. Let's not even do, let's not even do NCAA tournament. Let's just do ACC, like where they finish in the ACC. I think it's the difference between t- tier, probably, probably tier three and tier two maybe if you're saying if you're saying duke is is their own tier um sorry i'm looking i'm, I'm now pulling up the acc uh that, that's what i would say i would say duke's their own tier and then i would say that you have virginia tech 
if we were to stay Louisville, a lot of people would say North Carolina. I wouldn't say North Carolina, but those type of teams yeah. right behind them. And then you would have Virginia, you know, Virginia, Virginia Syracuse, Notre Dame behind them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, does it, does it, is it the difference between taking them from that Notre Dame to Florida state area, or is it the difference between taking them from that tier two to being a little bit closer to Duke? I think it's, I think it's the the former, not the latter. It's, it's, okay. it's, I, I think it's where, you know, you're talking about them being, um, you know, a lock for a, a single buy to a, a, a double buy but not quite the top. You're not competing for an AC championship. We're talking about four, you know, third, fourth, fifth best team in the, in the league. And then sixth, seventh, eighth, you know, I think having that, that rim presence, that defensive presence. And, um, you know, even if he can offer some things on offense, I think, I think it just adds, it's not even a different kind of dimension. It's just a, a more stable dimension. If that makes sense. It adds stability to me. Um, I mean, we've, we, you know, we've joked how much Chris Mack, I think Mark Williams just freaked Chris Mack out, you know, having just a dude, (laughs) having, having stable five play was such a big issue last year. So it's just stability there. It's not even about excelling for me there. It's about stability and and having that stability, it it widens the outcomes, but doesn't quite guarantee the top level outcomes. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, you, you mentioned ribbon protection and it's funny because some of the impartial people that I've spoke to about mobile, that's something they point out as a weak spot is, you know, kind of that protection at the rim. Um, and, you know, some of the same stuff we talked about last season about those kind of bruiser teams that are going to be really physical, Louisville, how are they going to react to that? That was kind of my concern about, you know, that Mississippi state game, because I do think that's like, a physical team that they'll face early on. I don't know if they'll react positively to that. So, you know, Malik Williams kind of being that guy, being the rim protector is, you know, that's, that's a good analogy. That's a good point. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Let's move on. Uh, Top newcomer, Chris, who, who is the guy who's new to the team this year? You know, mostly the transfers is I think, you know, we're looking at LLS, Jared West, Mason Faulkner, Noah Locke, Matt Cross, um, any of the freshmen, if you do want to label one of them. Um, but, you know, who's going to be the guy at the end of the season, the, the newcomer that's that's really going to excel the most? Let's switch it up and you go first here. <laughs> um. I know you. I know you're going to say L. Ellis. I want to. I want to. You. You've done the most L. Ellis research. Actually, I'm going to pivot off L. Ellis. Okay. Okay. So I'll say L. Ellis, and I'm. I'm really excited to see L. Ellis. Like I said, I. I think you know you. You. You know, as as I've joked with you earlier, I try and follow you into the to the deserts of 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 analytics (laughs) and and uh, and uh, you know Bartovic and Aaron Maya Sats, and um, um, I, I, I definitely love what I've seen from L Ellis and, and his transition from Juco to division one basketball, high division one level basketball um, is the thing to me that can make them closer to that Duke. Um, if he can be a stable guy, he, he's just incredibly athletic. He's, he can be the game breaker. This team, I'm not quite sure they have. Um, so, so I think he's the closest thing him, him and Jalen withers to that. So I, I definitely want to see that from him. Um, I'm excited about the other guys. I think like, you know, we've talked about a hundred times, Jared West is going to be the starter. 
I don't expect Jaron there to be an issue with uh, there to be a, a, you know, the quicker we have the conversation about Jared, should Jared West stay the point guard starter, the better news I think it is for Louisville because I just think the ceiling, the the floor is high with Jared West. The floor is 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 very solid. That's why he's here. Um, yeah. But I think the ceiling is high. So L Ellis. So yeah. Everything you said is completely correct. I think that L <laughs> Ellis is the difference between this team reaching whatever their ceiling is to wherever they are now. Um, his emergence is everything. I'm a big fan of LOs. I even have a tweet that is somewhere in the Twitter sphere that I think LOs and Ty Ty Washington are closer than people think. And that will be re- referenced in a positive way or it'll be referenced in a very negative way in about two months. So we'll see what happens. But my guy, Matt Cross, um, I think he adds an edge to this team that we haven't had in a long time. He is someone that you talk about every time Chris Mack has been in front of a microphone. He spoke pretty positively about Matt Cross. Um, he is, you know, said he is a extreme competitor and you know, kind of things like that kind of coach speak, but more so like something that you don't really hear all the time with Chris Mack, how much he's belabored the point. And I think, Louisville needs a guy like that, man. We've done this, the same talking point the whole time. Louisville needs a guy to say, you're in the wrong position. You need to fucking figure it out. Like stuff like that. And I think Matt Cross can kind of be that guy. And I don't think he has to start to be that guy. I don't think he has to, I think Sam will obviously be starting the whole preseason stuff with him not starting. I think it's silly, but I think he'll eventually be starting. It's kind of, we get well, but I think Matt Cross could be a six man that comes off the bench, hits a few threes, is the igniter of an offense, kind of is a guy that you bring on when you need a spark. And I think seven out of 10 times, he's going to deliver in that role. I'm high on this dude. I like this guy a lot. He has really shown me something in the exhibitions and what we have, what we have heard. And some of the practices, I haven't seen this stuff, obviously, but all the combination of things, you know, he's going to have his nights where he has a poor shooting night. He probably doesn't affect the game very much, but the dude plays with a bit of an edge. And I really like that. Um, All these, all these guys listed here are great candidates. Mason Faulkner is someone that we haven't spoke about enough. I think he's coming along. I think he probably had a bit of a weird off season. I think he's really good. And, you know, he had the gold jersey in the last few weeks. Maybe it was this week. Um, yeah, just, yeah. Well, obviously a thing. But for me, it's Matt Cross. I, you know, I, I kind of think he's a guy that can be a bit of an asshole in this team. We need an asshole. When, when was the last time Louisville had an asshole? Last asshole Louisville had. Um, Quinn Szczynski? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't play enough to be he didn't play enough to be like quote unquote the asshole no i would like to find a different person than Montrez Harrell, but i mean that's obviously the prototypical person you maybe want. maybe maybe darius perry our, our good friend yeah kind of close um yeah i'm thinking who else i think you might be right I, I think mean, Louisville Dang fans. Adele, I think Dang like Adele was an asshole before. Dang Adele was an asshole. Nobody was liked him. Sort of um, I, I think Louisville fans have a real high opinion of of, of Steve Ventries for good reason. But like, as an opposing fan, I would have hated Steve Ventries. Yeah, I just would have hated it. Just, 
<laughs> Who said our white like, asshole? That's, that's what I'm, I'm dancing around. When was the last time yeah, we had a I white know, asshole? Yeah, you just need like you need a fuck, yeah, like, someone that pisses everybody off, exactly. And and, and Chris Max, Max, Max had Max those Max dudes. Max. Chris Max yeah. had those dudes. So like I, I'm excited to see to see you know can Cross step into you know get a, his JP McCur on you know? Yeah, I mean if he's playing you know. 18, 19 minutes a game and he's averaging eight points and he's hitting a three and he's getting four boards and maybe an assist. Like, yeah, that's huge. I mean, you don't need to do nothing like anything crazy, but you come in and make a, a, a three or two a game. Like that's big. You make that three and you're jogging in the, jogging in the floor, doing three goggles or whatever the hell you want to do. Like I need all that. <laughs> I mean, it's Macross season as far as I'm concerned. Please, like, hit the three goggles, the three to the dome, yeah, go down there. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm, exci- I'm excited yeah. for the first three to the dome for Macross. I'm, I'm going to get a little lit. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm excited for Matt Cross. My only concern is just, you know, as, as the Sam guy, as, as, as the, as the, you know, the engineer, the conductor of the Samuel Williamson uh, train, there's, they'll play together sometimes, but they do two, di- two different things. To yeah. Really they do too much either. And the- they do, but I think I, you know, they, I think they kind of both will play the threes. Yeah. And, and, and Sam will play some four for sure. Um, yeah. But um, you know, that thing, this, this is something I think about. So I'm, I'm excited for Matt Cross. But definitely. We, if, if he can be just the jerk, we, we need a jerk. We haven't had a jerk in yep. a while. Just, just, just a punk. You know, I'm not asking him to be, who's the guy, who's the guy from Old Miss? What was his name? Marshall. Uh, what was his name? Uh, oh, um, <laughs> so on the tip of my I tongue. See it. I could, I could see his face right now. What? Marshall Henderson. Yeah. His name was Marshall Henderson. And um, uh, no, it's funny. Quinn Zizinski posted on Instagram a few days ago that that was like his favorite basketball player. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, this is fucking perfect. I mean, Quinn Zizinski was definitely an asshole. He's definitely just a jerk. He, he, he was, he was that guy for us, but come on. Like I was going to lose him. Up, by the way. Who are they playing? They're playing half state. It's very funny. Oh gosh. Actually. Oh gosh. Half state's decent at basketball. Oh. Um, but I am asking to be Marshall Henderson. I would absolutely love it. Honestly. The next, the next one I have here is breakout player of the year, which normally is given to like a player on the team that like hasn't really broken out, um, but is going to. Um, this is really tough. This is tough for Louisville. Uh, I, I guess you're 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 kind of you're you're uh, the guys who it could be would be Dre Davis. I don't think Jalen Williamson counts. I mean, Sammy Williamson sort of counts. JJ Trainer. Gabe was was Nitzer, and I think that's it. Um, Malik yeah. Malik Williams doesn't quite count. I think. I don't know. Maybe this isn't I mean, a good one. Did. No, it's it's a fine one. I think you could rephrase it to most improved player. Mm-hmm. Um, Who would be the most improved player? <laughs> for me, like the same answer would be still Macross. Yeah. Um, because I think he's like, I kind of, all the stuff I said, was just like most improved, but I, I think what you're really just asking here is like the X factor, right? That makes sense. Yeah. Pro, who, the X, I, I didn't write that down. I know that's one we've done in the past. More or less. Like who's the biggest X factor. 
Is it Sam? It might be Sam. It might be Sam. I mean, if oh, if we get elbow Sam, if he's playing honestly, like I don't give a shit what he's shooting. If he's playing with confidence, yes, yes, everything else is going to come along. So he yes. may he may go out tomorrow. He may go out for the next two weeks and shoot thirty five percent from the field. I don't care about any of that. Mm-hmm. But if my guy is taking the ball to the rack, mm-hmm. like he did against Georgia State, and like he get, did against Kentucky State, played two directional play, and we played two states. Yeah, a directional. It was play. West Georgia, by the way. It was West Georgia. No. <laughs> okay, never mind. Georgia State is actually a pretty good basketball. Team. Yeah, West Georgia. <laughs> we played a directional in the state. Um, okay, that makes more sense. But if he's playing with confidence like that, I think it's really big for this team. Completely. Um, because he's getting rebounds, he's doing all these other things, play defense and things like that. So, yeah, I think it's him. Is there is there any other candidates for that kind of role? We said breakout player, but I think it's kind of evolved to X Factor. Um, X Factor, yeah, most improved type dude. No, I I think Sam. Um, you know, you could you can make a you know I think you can make a case for a few other guys, but I think I think Sam Sam probably fits the best here. For 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 if you get the biggest improvement from him, it, it could go the longest for the team. What do we think about Jerry Davis though? He's sort of the, like you know we're we're thinking too much about exhibitions, but he sort of had his moment, and and you know I mean I I saw, um, you know was it Jeff Greer who I think like posted his he posted a preview sort of of his own and and was pretty high on Dre Davis and in, in the rotation. Yeah, he's been I don't know. It's, it's, he's the guy who I haven't been able to, I, I don't like, I don't have like a, a ironclad take. Like if he has a great breakout season, like I'm not going to be that shocked, but if he also just kind of just, you know, gets like five to seven minutes a game, then I also wouldn't be shocked. I think I'm right there with you. I think he like, So maybe he's the X factor. (laughs) (laughs) It's just weird because you have like this, this log jam at at the forward spot. And I mean, you could kind of say like the X factor is Mason Fogger even like, yeah. I mean, if we get to conference play and Jarrett West has kind of went to the bench, I don't know. Like, I don't know how that's going to align. Like there's going to be somebody who's, who's going to have their feelings there. Yeah. Like, the, the, it's just statistically, statistically, it's just, it's going to be that. It's funny because Jared, today what they asked, you know, Jared West, I, I don't remember who asked him, but somebody asked him if they could play 14 players a game. And he was like, Oh, I don't know about that. Like, <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, some, someone's going to get their feelings hurt. Someone bots out and get feelings hurt. <laughs> I think he understands. Like there, there are a lot of people that are the candidate for this position um, for that kind of X factor stuff. But the, okay. the Dre, the Dre Davis stuff is interesting. So, so related question then: over under, over under. Are you going to ask what I think you're going to ask? I think I'm going to ask what you think you're going to over under. Uh, one and a half players transfer before oh, the end of the season. You are going to ask. I would have put that number at a half, but one and a half is more, much more difficult. There are 14 guys <sighs> who could get minutes on this team. There are 14 guys. Right? Yeah. 
I'm going to say JJ Trainer transfers. So that's one. Um, and after that, I don't think Faulkner transfers because he already has. That's the thing. 13, like the 13 guys. I think 13 guys like legitimate have a claim. I, 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 uh, if Mike James was healthy, he would be the 14th. At the guard position, I don't think any of those guys transfer because I see. I think I that. think one of those dudes might. I think yeah, but they've already transfer. they've already all done that. <sighs> that's true. And but that's like that would seem like the most logical position. But then you so then it really is it really is going to be one of these guys. It's either it's going to be the guys. I mean, it's either going to be it's going to be Trainer Wiz, Wiznitzer, Dre. It's it's going to be those guys. I think Trainer transfers. And I think that the yeah. minutes are catered towards Dre Davis enough for him not to transfer because I do think Lowell wants to make sure they get his brother on campus. Fair. Good point. Good point. Because he's a baller. Didn't he's didn't really even good. didn't even think about that. Appreciate appreciate the, the the that's that's a good note there. Um Sorry, I, I made you. I made you go down that route. I know you didn't want to. Uh, <laughs> um, all no, right, Chris. I'm just trying to. No, no, no. Think, go like, ahead. I don't. I don't know who else would. But there's no. got. I think there there would have to be another person. I don't know, but we can move on. MVP, Chris. I think we we kind of have circled similar guys, same guys. I don't know. Uh, who you got? You tell me. I'll switch it back again. I I think the MVP of this team's gonna be Jalen Withers. Yeah. I think I, I I I he's the guy who I've heard the most consistent buzz about all summer. Um he's the guy, you know, um, you know, we're 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 hearing from our guy Travis Graff. You know, he's like, I'm gonna be looking at the NBA stuff. He's a guy who knows this stuff, guys. I mean, he's a you know, he, he's a Kentucky fan, but he covers Louisville. Um, but but he's he in the basketball. know. He knows but he's in the he knows basketball and he's in the know with people who really, really know basketball. And if if there are enough whispers that they're excited about the draft stock, um, then that's something you got to sit up and listen to. So uh, he, he's the guy I, I'm looking at. Um, I think now that he's going to be, you know, like, like I've said, you know, Malik stays healthy. He's going to be allowed to really flourish at the four. I think that's an ideal position for him. Just long-term when you talk about him as an NBA prospect. Um, yeah, I'm really stoked. I'm, I'm, I'm really stoked to see what he gets with that time. Cause the time that he did get was just tantalizing, tantalizing as hell. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I mean, it, it's withers. <laughs> it, it, honestly, like if if they can have this dude, I don't know. You have seventy five position possessions in a game, and maybe he's starting the offense on like six or seven of them. If that's going to be a thing that regularly happens, that's really exciting because that that moves him into like a type of like Draymond Green row because he kind of like fits that type yeah. of guy to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, him being able to do that is huge for his draft stock. And he did it in the exhibitions. I don't know if it's a thing that's regularly going to occur, but he brought the ball up, um, you know. So, yeah, everything you said, I kind of agree with. I think he's just different than everyone on the floor. I think he can score um, from every part of the floor. And yeah, I mean, keeping him at his natural position is kind of huge. It's not as big to me as it is to some other people, but it is a big thing. 
I, I, I hope that we can see him to continue to expand his range because I think he does have a nice kind of jumper to his he, game. He, do, he does have a pretty jumper, pretty shot. Um, so I think that's a thing that can continue to evolve. But at this point, I'd be pretty surprised if he was here next year. It would it would be crazy. Uh, this is the way it, it, it seems like it could be a really crazy season for him. And I'm really looking forward to it for sure. Uh, that's, that's all player one players want to add, Chris, any, any, about anything else on the players before we move on sort of the broader questions? No, I think we covered it pretty good. Yeah, I think so too. Okay. What's I, I have like toughest questions and these are not the, if, if you want to tweak these, we we've been tweaking these, you know, how things go. So I have the toughest non-conference game first. I didn't like answer that in a, say that in a question What's to you, or maybe like the, the, the non-conference game you're maybe most interested in, I feel like might be a better question. I've already brought it up several times, but it is Mississippi state. Um, because I think they are a physical team. I think they're a talented team. I think they're an underrated team. I think they're a team that you could have the potential to sleep on because it's right. the first game in the Bahamas. You're there, right. you're celebrating all that stuff. You want to win this game against an unranked team. And I think at that point, Louisville probably-ish maybe would be in the top 25. I think if they win like kind of all their bum games, they'll, they'll crawl into there because some of the other games that are happening around them. Um, so it's Mississippi State for me. There are some other interesting ones, Navy and Furman. That, like, these teams are very good, but like Furman and Navy, just back to back, is just weird because yeah. they're t- they're teams that are like fringe tournament teams. Like Navy made the tournament a few years ago. Yep. Like I said, Furman has had several twenty win twenty win teams um, in the past decade. So they're just like teams that are you know veteran led, good teams. Um, that, that will play well, that won't beat themselves. And without Mac being there, those are, you know, those are kind of games. How about you? I'm, I'm, you know, I, I think Louisville is going to beat Western Kentucky, but given the last time, well, the last time they went there, there was a fight, right? That was, that was the last time they went to Western. Yeah. Kentucky. That was the Montrez. So. The Montrez game. Um, I, I'm looking at that a little bit, just, you know, Ken Palm gives them a 58% chance of winning at, Western Kentucky is going to be up for that. They're going to sell out the, the diddle dome. Um, just something for, for that, that I'm looking at. I'm not necessarily thinking that's, that's a, a trap game. I think they'll win, but um, just given the history and stuff and, you know, we're, we don't need to talk about Kentucky. We don't need to talk about Michigan state, but um, I think that's that one. I'm, I'm excited to have DePaul back, man. I'm excited to have DePaul day back. I'm uh, so not quite looking at it from a competitive point of view, but I think Louisville fans saw Friday night, that game, um, that'll be a fun one. I, I think it'll be a good crowd. A little boozed up, a little, uh, a little happy yes, hour, sir. a happy hour squad. Um, will you be back by then? Yeah, you will. I think we'll be back Friday, December the 10th. Yeah. Sorry. I had you on mute for a second. No, um, you're fine. But yeah, I'll be back by then. Um, my first game I'm going to try to take the road trip to Michigan State. I don't know if I'm going to be going alone on that game because I can't find anybody that really wants to go. I would if it wasn't um, a Wednesday night. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I'm just going to be like chilling for like a few months, not working. So there's going to be some of those situations that are going to happen for me regularly. Um, but I'm I'm definitely going to go to the Paul game, 100%. Um, okay. We might, we, Michigan, we might have Michigan to. Michigan State game. Yeah. And... 
the Western Kentucky week. I won't be going to that game because that is the Jack Harlow week. That is the, we should have said, we should have said Southeast. Mm. We should have said Southeast Louisiana because that is. Oh, I didn't even think, I didn't think of any of those. So they're a hundred percent going to either Wednesday or Thursday night. Right. Cause you would think Friday night, they go to Bowling Green. They travel Bowling Green Friday night, stay there. So they're, they're a hundred percent going to lose to Western Kentucky. <laughs> Didn't even think of that. I'm glad I mentioned it or you mentioned Devil, it and I'm, I'm brought up the game. good. I, we've joked about this, but, uh, I, you know, I should have, I should have put that in my, uh, list later on uh what's the conference game you're like looking at most most interested in let's see here and don't choose duke um, just because i think yeah. i think we both agree that's probably the most i mean that'll be the most noteworthy one but I mean, there's several noteworthy games the the notre dame game i think notre dame's good yeah um that's in a weird spot because it oh, that's your next question but it kind of goes into the the gauntlet there right before you get to that. Yeah. After Boston College. Um, you have the Florida State taste at the beginning of the ACC play, which is probably a game they're gonna lose. Um, but but Notre Dame's a team that um if they defend at all, they'll probably be pretty good because they're gonna be able to score. It it's like gonna be one of those things with football that I do think they're they're going to be able to score like 80, 85 points against a lot of teams. Right. And if somebody can match that, it's going to be like, whoa. So outside of Florida State and outside of Kentucky, and those are probably the only two teams that, that could match their output on offense before they face Notre Dame. So mm-hmm. seeing another team like that's kind of sandwiched in there. I think that's a weird game on the schedule just kind of pops up i know which game you're going to pinpoint so i'm going to ignore that which uh, game am i going to pinpoint syracuse no well i mean i i always joke about syracuse i honestly think that the nc at state the at nc state game on december the 4th like i feel like that's like the worst possible like that could be the worst possible timing for louisville um yeah. I don't respect NC state. I think they're going to be fine. I've seen Louisville play at NC state. They own them. But if you're talking about, you know, Louisville potentially losing to, to Mississippi state, you know, there's a situation where Louisville's lost two of the last three, um, you know, Mississippi state, Michigan state and are going into this NC state crowd. Well, they'll, they'll get another game in the Bahamas after Mississippi state. Just That's what I'm saying. Two of the last three. That's what I'm saying. They'll yeah, get I, another, got yeah. I got you. I got you. You know, assuming they win, you know, but yeah, I just, I think, um, you know, playing, playing any slanting, you know, I, I think we're a little down on, on Michigan state, you and I, but uh, you know, it's always tough to play up there. So it's definitely an, a possibility they're, they're, you know, they're coming in kind of a little down and, and Chris Mack, you know, coming back to the team yeah. needs to kind of revitalize things. Um, so I, I, I think that's kind of an interesting spot. I, I know that the ACC has been trying to put more games, but the, the the Miami first game made sense to me. This one makes none. I, I don't understand the placement. <laughs> um, I almost wish there was like two games sort of back to back there. It just, it doesn't really make sense to me. Um, so I, I wish we were playing an ACC game tomorrow. That'd be yeah, awesome. I agree. I would much rather play an ACC game at the beginning of the year than this random Saturday in December. I mean, we're playing a team you're absolutely going to learn nothing about it. Is that nine o'clock? I'm probably going to be flipping back and forth from the Kentucky game, but you know, whatever. Um, 
What else do we have on there? Um, toughest stretch. So maybe the toughest three or four games. I probably should have should have should have picked this out. Um, I mean, there's there's an easy one. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much that one. It's Virginia from from January the 24th to February the 5th. I mean, until February the 9th, um, Louisville gets Virginia on the road on the 24th. Then uh, they get a nice week off. They get Duke at home. They get North Carolina two days after that at home. They go to the Carrier Dome on Saturday, February the 5th. Then they go to Notre Dame on February the 9th. But I will say, stretching in the season isn't exactly easy either. Yeah. Wake Forest isn't a good team, but you go there. Yeah, you had North Carolina right before that. Yeah, North Carolina notwithstanding. Like, Wake Forest isn't a good team, but they have a good coach. Yeah. They are improving. Um, they were better last year, and they'll probably be better this year. I think Virginia Tech is the uh, – I think they're a really good team. Like, mm-hmm. I'm extremely high on Virginia Tech. I think they're the third best team in this conference. And then you obviously have Virginia – I don't think Virginia is going to make the NCAA tournament this year. Um, I'll believe that when I see it, Chris. <laughs> exactly. I'll believe yeah, that when I, I see it. Predictable response. And that's exactly what every Louisville <laughs> fan would say to me. And they should say that to me. But <laughs> that's how I feel. Um, but still Virginia and still Louisville. Um, and we know how that goes. But yeah, that, that starts to end the season. But yeah, I think it's hands down the one you pointed out. All right, Chris. Finish this out. What is your projected record? for the Louisville Cardinals men's basketball team this season. You go first. I have hit 21 and nine. Here are the losses that I have. I have Mississippi state. I have Kentucky. I have Florida state. I I at Florida state at Syracuse at Notre Dame at UNC. One of the Virginia games and at Virginia tech. And then I think they will just be another one between there. So you said 21, 21. Nine. And that's about maybe a six seed, five seed area. Yeah. I think that's about right. Six or five. Seed. Um, one, two, three, the 20, the, the four. 2020 team was 24. And I think seven, no six. So let's see. I'll go through this right now. I've already went through this like three or four. Twenty-four times, and seven. I'll do it. Uh, yeah. I'll do a live one here to make it more real. Oh, um, I guess split. I guess it would be twenty-two. I guess it'd be twenty-two and nine. I'm sorry because I didn't count the the game that they would play in the Bahamas. I apologize. Yeah. So I have them split in the Bahamas. That would put them at five and one going into Michigan State. Having beaten Michigan State, if it's six and one, um, I've been losing to Western Kentucky. Um, oh, so that oh, was of Jack Harlow. <laughs> so you're really, really buying in. Do we need to like find a bookie to to give us the money line on that game now? <laughs> right now <yeah. laughs> so I would have them. What's that? Nine and two before Kentucky. Yeah, they're going to beat Kentucky because they're a better basketball team than Kentucky. So I then I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Uh, 11, 12, 13 um, I have them losing to Florida State, so that puts them at 13 and 3, 14, 15, 16. So I have them losing eight games. Okay. So one less than me. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I have like same area as you, um, probably closer to a five seed than a six seed. 
and then you go into the ACC tournament and, you know, you probably get the single bye and you go from there. I do think that this team, the expectation should squarely be Sweet 16 as we stand here. Um, November, whatever it is, 8th. Right. Um, I think that's where we should be. Is that where you are? No, that sounds about right to me. The, I, I, I think there is, I think they're a sweet 16 team. I think they're a second weekend team. I think they're, um, it's going to be hard for me to get like, I mean, the, the, the predicting the tournament's just impossibly difficult, but sure. there's, there's a pretty hard ceiling for me to think that they're a final four team. To me, yeah, then getting I mean, to the final four is more about matchups and 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 their state of play in March than anything that I could think about right now. Like I just, yeah, I just, you, I, I think there's. I would never. Tough. I would never predict that with yeah. with this team, but the the things that I do keep coming back to let you dream is that I think this team has three ball handlers, right? And Jared West, Mason Faulkner, and LLs. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's something that you'll you'll see if you watch enough college basketball over the next few weeks. Is that there are not a lot of teams with even multiple ball handlers, let alone three. Right. Even last year, like when we got to the end of the season, like David Johnson really wasn't a second ball handler. Like he was a guy that would bring the ball up the floor, but it's like he may turn over the ball, he may not. Honestly. So yeah. having having that and then just having a bunch of dudes that can shoot very simple breakdown there. Um mm-hmm. it, it puts you in a position to win a game in the NCAA tournament that you should. So having those two things are very exciting, but also like in the same token, when you rely on the shooting that much, you can lose in the first round to a team you should. Right. Right. Um, absolutely. And that's like, that was my whole argument for Alabama last year is it's like, okay, like this team's great. They're very impressive when they run the floor, they can score hundred points. What happens when they're not making threes? <laughs> yeah. So the same thing that happened to Louisville and, you know, maybe they're a six seed and they're playing like, I don't know, trying to think of an 11 seed. Um, Maybe it's a, <laughs> <laughs> maybe they're five seed and they're playing twelve seed Iona. Oh God! <laughs> oh boy! Actually, like where they would kind of line, whether it be Kentucky and Mobile, if they got to like the three or four seed line, yeah, that would kind of line where Iona is, like the fourteen, thirteen seed. Mm-hmm. That that could definitely that would be happen. really. I would. I wouldn't enjoy that. <laughs> Nobody. Would. So many, so many Louisville would, yeah. fans like pretended they're like Iona fans. Like I don't want to. You, you guys gonna wear your Iona shirts? You gonna wear your Louisville shirts? I can. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you could. It's it's a team with, I think, in in a tournament play that could absolutely get hot and do a lot of impressive things. But because you rely on shooting that much, um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of those things could happen. But I think for Chris Mack. This season's everything, man. Yeah, it's a make or break season, Chris. It's a make or break season for Chris Mack, um, and I think I think he's going to make the best of it. You know, I, th- I think Louisville fans, you know, obviously, we're positive, mo- usually positive type people. Um, 
What do you what do you think about what do you think about Chris Mack as basketball coach? I think he's a good let's, basketball coach. Let, let's let's be on record here. I think he is one of the 15 best basketball coaches in the country. Okay. And I think he's going to prove it this season. I think he's going to have a real good year. I think he's going to be the, they're going to be a SB 16 team. Um I think he's going to show it just I, I think from the day after losing or you know, from the day after finding out you're not in the tournament to um, the end of this season, I think just that full complete job of reworking this program from top to bottom in, in so many ways. Um, I, I think, I think it's, it's going to be an incredibly admirable job. It won't, it won't be a, a coach of the year type situation, but I think he's, well, he could definitely get, you know, ACC coach of the year, maybe. Um Good luck beating uh, Mike Krzyzewski in his last season. That. <laughs> um, Tobacco Roads yeah. probably already sent their votes in. Um, so, but I, I think I, I think it's going to be one of the more admirable, one of the more impressive, dynamic type jobs from top to bottom. Um, we'll have seen. That's what, that's what I'm looking for. I think I understand why Louisville fans are frustrated with Chris Mack. Completely understand it. Um, you know, everyone's dealt with their of issues. I just, I, I just think the dice, the, the, the craps, the craps have hit seven more times than they should have for him. And, and yeah. that's just, sometimes that happens and it takes a little while for you to prove yourself. Um, so I, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see him prove himself. Cause I think, I think uh, any, any team in our position that season would have called Chris Mack first to be that new head coach. If John Calpar had retired that year, they would have tried to get Chris back. Like it's, yeah, it would there's, absolutely, absolutely there, there's nothing you can tell me otherwise. Like it wasn't going to be buzz Williams. Like get the hell out of here. Like, you know, like, um, just, yeah, I, I think he's, he's great. I'm looking forward to it. I've been so impressed with this off season. I, I'm really, really hoping this season, um, you know, bears the fruit that, that he's, he's wanted to change. He's wanted to improve. Um, and he's, 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 he's exacted his pound of flesh in the form of six games in a, a federal, uh, a federal investigation. Um, and, and I think, I think he knows, I, I think he's gonna be coaching his goddamn asshole. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's well said. Um, the prevailing theme around mobile basketball from some of the people on the outside, at least, that I've been able to speak with, which has kind of been limited, but I have been able to speak to a few, um, is that they rate them a little bit lower because of the the perceived turmoil around the program. Um, it's a lot of, you know, this team could be a lot better, but it was a really rough off season. So what that says to me is like, you know, if you can kind of work through this and get to Michigan State. Right. Five, five and one, even four and two, like get there in a, in a salvageable position. I'd love to be six and oh, I don't think you're going to be at that position, but I would love to be there. I'll I'll be ecstatic. Um, Then at that point, it's go time. And, you know, the season is going to be fun, man. Like I'm, I'm fucking amped. Absolutely stoked. Absolutely stoked. Uh, um, It's going to be a real fun week. Um, you know, to, to, I'm, I'm excited for tomorrow. I'm excited, uh, to see what comes it and, um, uh, let's, let's go cards. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. All right, guys. Uh, this was a good one. This is a long one, but it was fun. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, 
well, well, you know, we need to, we need to, we need to do some Twitter spaces. We kept saying we're going to do that. And I was waiting for them to like release. They, they like on the, on the very tip of releasing the recording. If you're not aware, like, like downloading and uploading a Twitter space as a podcast is like as difficult as it possibly can be. It literally, they give you like a 24 hour waiting period before you're giving you, you the guys, files. You, you guys, if you're, if you're listening this far, first of all, thank you. But secondly, <laughs> you should tweet at Twitter and tell them to figure this shit out. At spaces. My God, yeah. At do. Twitter at like, it's the at is spaces and it's, you know, we love it. We want to do it. Uh, you know, we, we will definitely be doing for, for the big, especially the big road games. We'll definitely be doing some, some post game spaces. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Maybe we'll do one after tomorrow night. I'm not yeah, committing but, you to that. I'm not committing you to that, but maybe we'll see. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be around. We're going to be probably watching UK. UK will probably start right after that game's over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Chris. Thanks as always. Thanks as always to everyone who listened. Um, go cards. Let's, let's get it this year. Mm-hmm.